Today, Sadduna of Lamadan, we're at 10 lines from the bottom of Lamad Gilmamad Bay's middle of the line, Tanarabon and Abraisa. Ketzad of Ru Yisrael Esa Yardin. What exactly took place? What happened when Klal Yisrael crossed the Yardin into Eretz Yisrael? So after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, after 40 years in the Midbar, they finally come to Eretz Yisrael, they cross the Yardin. What took place? So, a few things. Every other day, normally, the Arun would travel behind two of the Galim, behind two of the flags, specifically Ruven and Yehuda. But on that day that they crossed the the Arun led and the Arun went first. Remember, as the Pasuk says, it was meaning it was leading them and it went before everyone. Also, another difference was on a normal day, the Levim were the ones that were carrying the Arun, or rather, the Arun was carrying them. As we know, the Arun is Naisas Naisov. But the point is, on a regular day, the Levim were the ones that carried the Arun, but on that day that they crossed the Yardin, the Kehanim were carrying it. Remember, as the Pasuk says, they were the ones carrying it on that day. There are three points in time where the Kehanim were the ones who were carrying the Arain. What are the three times? Like we just saw when they crossed the Yardin. When they surrounded Yericho, they surrounded it a few times and the walls fell down. There was a whole procession and the Kehanim were the ones carrying the Arun at that point. Also when they returned it to its place. What does that mean? When they put it into the Kaddish Gadashim, this was when they built the base of Megdash, the Kaddish Gadashim was there and now the Kehanim brought it. They were the ones that brought it to the, the Kaddish Gadashim. So the Bryce continues. As soon as the Kehanim's Feet. As soon as their, their feet touched the water of the Yardin, what happened? How exactly did it split? So this is Kriyas Yamsov 2.0. Not the Yamsov, the Yardin this time. But what happened? The Yardin also stopped and didn't really split because it's a river. So one side just continues flowing and the other side just stops. So all of a sudden it's dry on one side and the other side is building up like a wall of water as we're about to see. But all of a sudden, as soon as the Kehanim's feet touched the water, the water stopped flowing. And everything that already flowed past them continued going down. It became a dry riverbed and all the water flowing from upstream started building up as a wall. The water stopped. The water coming from on top, coming from upstream, stopped flowing. And it stood like a wall. And as we just explained, the water, it's still flowing, but it was building up. It wasn't going past them. Basically, all the water that was already flowed kept going. It was empty on one side. And on the other side, where the water was gushing from, started building up like a big wall. So how tall was this wall that built up while it was waiting for Kalal Yisrael to pass? is It was 12 mil by 12 mil, which is not a stop number. It's because Yisrael, as Rashi explains, Shita Sarbiyuda is that they traveled through the Yardin the way they regular travel, the way they regularly traveled, and therefore the way Klal normally traveled, they were they traveled like a machana, like a whole camp. And the exact size was Shnemas Armel, Shnemas Armel, 12 mil, 12 mil. And therefore, Rebuda comes up with this shear that the amount of time it took them, that was 12 mil by 12 mil, to get across, that's how much the water built up, because that's how long it stayed there. said to Rebuda, I don't understand. According to you, then Adam Kalam, I'm Kalam. Who is faster? Meaning, who travels faster, a person or water? So I am Rebuda, Kalam. Obviously, water could travel faster, and water that's gushing down a river is going to move at a faster rate. 
than Kalal Yisrael who's just walking by because water moves a lot faster and therefore it comes out then the water would go and drown them all. Why? What's the Cheshmin? Because if it was only 12 mil tall, then it would reach 12 mil a lot quicker than Kalal Yisrael who was 12 mil, mil long as we just explained they traveled like that. It would reach 12 mil the water since it traveled a lot faster it would reach the height of 12 mil a lot faster than Kalal Yisrael the whole 12 mil would finish crossing the yard then. And once it reaches that 12 mil it's done and that's how high you said it got and it didn't get any more but the water still flowing so it's going to come over and, and, uh, and flood the whole cloud of Israel so it doesn't make sense according to your sheet because obviously water is a lot faster so Ella, that's why Rabbi Lezim, Rabbi Shimon says a different shot. Ella Melamed show you Maim Nigdashin the Oilin Keepin Agabe Keepin. Right? Really, it was the water was piling up a lot higher than twelve mil. It was going Keepin Agabe Keepin, literally towers Agabe towers. Yaser Mishloish Meis Mil, more than three hundred mil Ad Shirois and Komachem Mizrach Meir. Until all the Melachim, all the kings of the Mizrach and the Meir, they all saw it. Remember, as the Pasuk says, Ba'ich Shmaya Kol Malchei Amayr Asher Be'ever Yardin Yom of Chol Malchei Kenani Asher Alayam Es Asher that all the kings, they all heard that a Baruch who dried up the Yardin, from Ad Avram, until they passed over, until they crossed the Yardin, and their hearts melted. And they were petrified of Kal Yisrael. They didn't have any Ruach anymore. The Pasuk tells us, even Rachav the Zaina said to the Shluchim of Yeshua, that we already heard that a Baruch who dried up the Yamsav. And the Marshal speaks out, by the way, although it sounds like Rachel's referring to the Yamsov and not the Yardin, because that was obvious. You're saying we were already scared by the times of the Yamsov, but this we definitely heard about. Vixivan, it says, so that person goes on to say again the fear and trepidation that they had because they must have seen this according to the sheet of because it was so tall how tall 300 mil tall from keeping on keeping it kept piling up until Klai Yisrael were finished crossing the Yardin continues the Gemara while clients were in the yard, Yeshua said to them, You should know why you're crossing the yard. The reason is to go into Eretz Yisrael, but really to kick everyone out of Eretz Yisrael. And all the Kenanim, you're going to have to get rid of them. You're there to inherit the land, and that includes destroying everyone. There was a mitzvah to wipe out the Shiva Umais that were in Eretz Yisrael. You have to wipe out all the Kenanim. You have to you have to be marsh everything. And Yeshua is telling them that this is al tanai. If you're going to do that and you're going to buy by this, you're not going to make peace with them. But you're going to go in, you're going to conquer the land 100 percent and get all those kananim out. Then mutav. Then it's going to be good, and that's why you're crossing vimla. But if not. Then in Mayim Then the water is going to come and it's going to drown all of you. But it, he used the lashon of Eisechem, you guys. Which normally, if you wanted to say that, you would say Eschem, you. Why does why does he use this interesting lashon of Eisechem? My Eisechem says the Gemara. Eschem. He was saying me and you. It's going to come. If we're not all masking, it's going to drown me. It's going to drown you. They were still in the yardin. On also Amar Lani Yeshua Yeshua said to them. That each a person that was appointed from each shevet should take a. Stone from the floor of the Yardin and take it with you. So basically, 12 stones, one from each Shevet. One person from each Shevet took a stone and therefore you winded up with 12 stones. Vixim in the Pasuk also says, And these stones should become an ice, a remembrance. So when your children ask, What are these stones exactly? And you're going to tell them, It's going to be a simon for the Banim that their fathers, that their forefathers crossed the Yardin, while they were still in the Yardin. So that was one set of 12. 
12 stones. Also, while they were in the yard, in Amalani Yeshua said to them, Seulachem Mizamitech Yardin, Mimatsav Ragle Hakoyhanim. Take from the floor of the yard, and again, from the place where the Kanem are standing, take 12 stones, take them with you, and place them at the Maloin, at the resting spot where you're going to sleep that night. I would think, I would think, have a half minute to think that maybe they should bring this everywhere they go, and every night, wherever they sleep, they should bring their stones with them. That's why it says, that only Dafka that night, when they crossed into Eretz Israel, they only had a mitzvah to bring those stones and to put them where they were going to be that night, which was Gilgal, as we've learned about. We're going to learn more about this. But the point is, they only had to bring it that night. We saw they first went to hire Grizim and they took it, took it apart, brought it back to Gilgal. That was yesterday, the day before. We're also going to be seeing more about that. But the point is that they didn't have to carry around these rocks forever. It was just that night, that night. Of that, they were staying in Gilgal. That's where the final destination for these stones were going to be. Amr Rabbi says, and some gears have Amr Rabbi Either way, he said like this: Those Tanoim, they stood on those. Avonim, they were there by those stones, Vishirum, and they measured those stones that Kalishra brought to Gilgal. Each one weighed 40 saw, which is really heavy. Ugamiri, and we have a Messiah, we know that the weight a person is able to put on his own shoulder by himself, basically the weight a person is able to pick up by himself, is Tilsa de Teunahave. It's only a third of what he'd be able to carry on his shoulders by himself if someone helped him helped him hoist it up. So basically, the amount that you can carry by yourself, by picking it up from the floor onto your shoulders by yourself, is only a third of the amount you're able to actually carry on your shoulders if someone helped you hoist it up onto your shoulders. And therefore, what's the full weight that a person's able to carry? If they were able to carry this 40 se'ah, which is a tremendous amount of weight, then that means they also were able to carry, if someone helped them, 120 se'ah, if they had help. And And from here, you could make the cheshman to see how heavy the eshko was. What eshko? So we're in the middle of discussing when they came into Eretz Yisrael. So we're going to jump to the eshko, this big cluster of grapes, which you know about, the Miraglim brought back, and tried to say the same way these fruits are tremendous, so too the Yashvei arts and the people there, they're tremendous, and we're not going to be able to take them down. Bechula, bechula, that was the whole chet of the Miraglim, but that we know about those massive, massive Ashkalas and the massive fruits that they encountered. And therefore, from here we could see how big that Eshkel, that cluster of grapes, really was. Shinemar says, that two people carried it on a stick. They carried the Eshkel, they brought back an Eshkel. So it was this massive Eshkel that you need two people using a stick. We're going to see that it was more than two people, as the Gemara is about to darshan. But Multiple people had to carry this one eshkel of grapes, this one cluster of mix, grapes, it must have been really big. So the Pasuk says, They brought it on a stick with two people. So the Gemara asked, Once you told me they carried it on a stick, so I don't know that you need two people. Obviously, a stick goes, if one, one end on one person's shoulder, the other per- end on the other person's, and therefore, obviously, you need two people to carry this stick. So why does the Pasuk also have to say Bishnaim? It says, Why does it have to also say Bishnaim? So it's teaching you that actually, no, it was two sticks. So it wasn't only one stick, but it was two sticks and two people each stick. That's four. Amri Ritzok, Ritzok says that it was actually more than that. Tortani, the Tortani did Tortani. It was actually a load and a load under that load. Basically, he argued and he said it was double. It was two poles 
times two polls. Basically, it was four polls, and you had two people on each poll, and therefore you end up with eight people. What exactly is the cheshben? Hoketzad shmoinanasu eshkalechad. You had eight people, as we just explained. According to Ritzik, we said the Tortani, but Tortani, the Tortani was a load plus a load of that load. So you really had four polls, not only two. You had a double two, which is four, eight people because two on each side, and therefore it was eight people that were carrying that. Eshkol, Shmoyne Nasa Eshkol, Echonasa Riman. One person was carrying a Riman, as a mashman in the Pasuk. One person was carrying a pomegranate. It was a really big pomegranate. The Echonasa Taina, one was carrying a fig. So that was two people. That's why you only had eight carrying the Eshkol. I, what about the other two? There were 12 Miragmen because Yeshua Vakalev, Nasu Klum. They didn't carry anything, Yeshua Vakalev. Why not? One, or you could say because they were too Chashiv to carry anything. It was below their Kavad. Or you could say, they were not part of the Atsas Miraglim. They were and nothing to do in it, and therefore they weren't carrying these pears, which was part of the plan, by the way. Look at how big these pears are. We can't conquer the land. The people are just like the pears. And therefore they were not part of the Eitzah, so then they weren't included. So Yeshua Kali weren't carrying anything. That leaves you with ten Miraglim. One of them was carrying a Te'ino. One of them was carrying a Rimoid. That leaves you with eight who are carrying this one massive Eshkol. By the way, what's the Cheshbon? We said Le'eshkol. From here you could see the Cheshbon. Why? Because the amount of weight we saw a person over there could carry was 40 Se'ah. As one person and carried each rock that weighed 40 se'ah as those tanoim later on told us. And therefore, we have a Messiah, a Gemiri, that the amount that one person carries by himself can hoist up onto his own shoulders only a third of what he would be able to carry if someone helped it, him put it on his shoulders. And therefore, really, if someone helps him, which is Mashman the Puzzle, by the way, by the Eshkel, that they helped each other, and therefore on each person, he should be carrying a weight of 120 se'ah times eight people. That would leave you with an Eshkel, a cluster of grapes that weighs 960 se'ah, basically a really big cluster of grapes. Says the Gemara of Eiter. Argued about the following thing. One of them said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the sheet that we saw before, that argued with Rabbi Lezab Rabbi Shimon. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, they crossed the Yardin exactly the way they usually traveled, which was 12 mil, all 12 mil. They were all in formation, and that is the format in how they crossed the Yardin. And the Rabbi Lezab, and in that sheet, again, we're talking about one of them, either Rav Ami or Rabbi Yehuda. We don't know who said what, but one of them is saying right now that according to Rabbi Yehuda, they've traveled exactly the way they usually traveled across the Yardin and the Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Shimon, according to Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Shimon, that no, they crossed one after the other, not in regular formation, but actually single file line. That's how they crossed. The Chadam, and the other one says, meaning either of Ami or of Yitzchik Nafcha, Bein Mar, Bein Mar, that no, they both agree that they traveled in formation, meaning 12 mil by 12 mil, the way they usually traveled in the Midbar, Marsam, or one of them held, Adam Kal, that a person is as light as water, and that's why Rebbe Yudah said, basically Marsam, means Rebbe Yudah. Rebbe Yudah holds that a person is as light as water. That's what it was Thailand, as we saw in Amadal. And therefore, if a person travels at the same speed as water, so how long does 12 mil, how much water is going to build up if 12 mil of people cross the yard lane? So if it takes the same amount of time, then 12 mil of water will build up. And that's why he held that the water built up to 12 mil. Umar Savar, but the other Shita holds, or Belazim Reb Shimon held that Mayim Kalim, that water is a lot faster than people, and therefore it built up way higher than 12 mil, even though 12 mil crossed, and that was how many Yidin crossed the Yardin, because they traveled in formation, still, we're going to tell you that the water built up up to 300 mil because water is cal, mortar is more cal and more water travels at a way higher speed than the people actually cross. And therefore, even though they were only 12 mil of people, you still had about 300 mil of water that built up in the time that they were crossing. Shlach l'chan Hashem. So darshan these psukim, once we're dealing with the, the clusters of grapes that the Meraglim are bringing, so a little bit about the Meraglim. Shlach l'chan Hashem. So this is Parsha Shlach, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, send Meraglim, Teretz Yisrael. So 
it sounds like a Baruch who wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to send the Maraglim. But did Hashem want that? So Amr Yishlakish, Yishlakish said, Shlach lecha midaitcha. Hashem was saying, Shlach lecha midaitcha. According to you, I'm not commanding you to do this. You send Maraglim if you feel it's the right thing. If you want to do it, do it, hate. but I'm not commanding you to do it, Akadosh Baruch Hu is saying. Why? Because v'chi adam, take out zeh, bayr chelek ra as a person, would a person do something that he knows is bad for himself. And basically, just like a person wouldn't do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also would never do something that he knows is going to turn out bad. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yodah He knows the future, and therefore he knows that this won't turn out good, and you're going to have the whole problem with the Miraglim. So he wouldn't command Moshe to do the whole thing of the Miraglim, which he knows is going to turn out bad. And therefore, he was telling Moshe, You could send, but only if you want. I'm not telling you to do anything, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't do that, since he knows it's going to turn out bad. The Basque says, Rather, and that's what the Basque means. It says, The Moshe Rabbeinu was talking, and when he was saying over the story that happened with the Meraglin, later on, he was saying, and it was also good in my eyes, and I felt it was a good idea. said about that, that in my eyes it was good, and I chose to send the Meraglin, Moshe Rabbeinu says, but not in Akadosh Baruch Hu. This is not a, something that Akadosh Baruch Hu necessarily wanted. The Pasuk says that they're going to spy out the land for us. says, the whole time their kavana was bad. Rabbi tells us that the whole time their kavana was for the busha of Eretz Yisrael. They did not want to come back and report good news. How do we know that? It says over here, we're going to check out the land or the miracle. We're going to go check out the land and spy on it. And it says over there, and that's the lashon over there. Is means ashamed over there. We see as it's a lashon of embarrassment, just like the over there means. Embarrassed, and it means milosh and busha. So too, ve'yachber lanas aretz. They wanted to go and find a bizay and find some busha. It's about eretz yisrael and their kavanah the entire time. Was for the bad, as we saw from this pasuk. So we saw the pasuk tells us that what were their names? The they were the nasim of the shmatim and the names of the miraglim. The pasuk goes through. said about this that that the following thing we have a mesayra on from our fathers that miraglim al that all the names of the miraglim they were called based on their meisim their meisim run the bad things that they did. It's all. Merumas in their names. We could only figure out how one of them refers to the bad Maisim that they did. And which one? Sasser ben Michal. So Sasser ben Michal was one of the Miraglim. And that one we understand how his name alludes to it. Because Sasser, Sasser Maisim, Shal Kadosh Baruch Sasser, that name refers to the fact that he was Sasser Maisim, Shal Kadosh Baruch Hu. Ki'ilu was Sasser. He contradicted Hakadosh Baruch Hu because Hakadosh Baruch Hu said Eretz Yisrael was good. He said it was bad. Michal Mach. Michal is because is Milashin Mach. Mach means weak, that he made himself weak. And himself right here is really a kina referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're not going to say it straight out, but it's ke'ilu, he made HaKadosh Baruch Hu mach. He made him seem weak because he went and announced that we're not going to be able to take over Klal Yisrael. They're too strong to destroy. Mashmah like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not capable. Chas v'shom. Amr says, Af anu Neymar. We also have another one. We can understand another one of their names, how it alludes to it. Nachbi ben Vafsi. That was another one. Why? Because Nachbi, that's a, that's a lotion of hiding. Shehichbi dvar v'shakadosh Baruch Hu. He hid the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Eretz Yisrael is going to be fine. And he, Ki'ilu was that, and he hid it. Vafsi, what's Vafsi? 
Misa al Midas of Shalkadish Baruch. He stepped all over the Midas of Shalkadish Baruch. The Pasuk in the news and it says, Vayalu ba Negev, Vayavar ad Chevroin. That they went up in the Negev and they came ad Chevroin. Vayavoy. So as the Gemara, we're talking about multiple people. We're talking about the Miraglim. Vayavoyumi boile. It should have said they came, not Vayavoy. He came. So why does it say he came to Chevroin? Amarav, Rav tells us, Melami Chapirish Kalev, Me'atas Miraglim. This teaches us that Kalev broke off from the Etzim and the Raglim. He went by himself. He went by himself to Hebron. That's why it says Vayavoy El Hebron. He came to Hebron. It doesn't say they came to Hebron. It says he came to Hebron, referring to Kalev. He broke off from them and he went to the Kivre Avois. He went to the Maras Machpela, Avramitz Yaakov, and Amalehen. And he davened over there. He said, Avoisai, my forefathers, Bikshual Erachimim, daven for me. Sheenotzel Me'atzas Miraglim, that I'll be saved from the Eitzel Miraglim. Yeshua, and by the way, Yeshua, what about him? He didn't break off and go daven by the Maras Machpela. So how did Yeshua get saved? So Yeshua, Kvarbikish Moshe Lebrachim, Moshe Rabbeinu already davened for Yeshua. As we know, Shanamar the Pasuk says, Vayikr Moshe Lehoshem in Nun Yeshua. He added a Yud to his name, which came to say, Ka Yoshiach Me'atzas Meraglim. It was a Tefillah that a Kodesh Baruch Hu should save him from the Eitzim and the Meraglim. I knew the Chsiv, and that's what the Pasuk means when it says, Ve'abdi Kalev Ikev Haisa Ruach Acheres Imoy Ve'goymer, meaning, how do we know that? Kalev went to Chevroin because the Pasuk says, the main part over here, by the way, is the Goimer. Rashi brings the rest of the Pasuk. Kalev had a different Ruach. He had a different idea than the rest of the Meraglim. And the Goimer, the rest of the Pasuk continues, meaning, I'm going to bring him to the land that he Mashma, he was already there. And we're talking about Hebron, where he already was. Hebron was given to Kalev. So Shmami Rashi says, Kalev, who the Azul Hebron. We see from here, Kalev was the one that went to Hebron. He was already Bashama, he was already there. And he was the one that Hebron was given to. And he already went there before, during the. While the time, while the Meraglim were in Eretz Yisrael doing their bad schemes, he went to Davin by the Kivrei Avos to save him from the Eitz of the Meraglim. Visham, the Pasuk tells us Visham over there by Chevron was Achiman Sheishayev Talmai. These different giants, Vegaimer. So the Gemara Darshan's their names. Achiman, what's that? Miyuman Sheve Achav. That means he was the right. He was the greatest of the brothers. He was the chosen one, the right one. The right one is always the strongest. He was the best of the brothers. Sheishay, who's that? Shemesim is Aretz Kishchatzis. He was so large. Sheishay, these are giants we're describing. Sheshai was so large, when he would walk, he would make the land in like ditches, like bairis. Why? Because every time he stepped, it would put such pressure on the ground that it would make bairis and it would be nicker that he walked there because he was so large. Talmai, who's that? Shemesim as the arts Talamim Talamim. His name is Talmai because he would make the land like Talamim, which is like rows of a plow, like furrows. He would literally like plow the ground while he was walking with his feet. Over uh, Another thing we learned from here is Achiman Bona Anas. Achiman built the city of Anas. Shesha Banai Alush. Shesha built the city of Alush. Talmai Bona Talbush. Talmai built. Talbush. Yelidayanak, why does Pasuk call them the sons of the giant? Yelidayanak, Shem Anikin Chamabekamas, and that's also teaching us that they wore the sun as a necklace, ke'ilu. Meaning when people would look up at them, they were so tall, it seemed like the sun was like peeking from the crack in their neck, from in between their neck. And it seemed like they were literally wearing the sun as a necklace. They wore the sun as a necklace from their height. Hebron, Sheva Shanim and Nimnissa. The Pasuk continues and says, Hebron was built, Sheva Shanim and Nimnissa, Lifnei Tsayan Mitzrayim. It was built, Hebron was built seven years before Tsayan was built in Mitzrayim. So, says the Gemara, my Nimnissa, what does Nimnissa mean over here? If you're going to tell me it actually means it was built, then I don't understand. You're telling me Hebron was built seven years before Tsayan in Mitzrayim? Could that be? Who built Hebron and who built Tsayan? So, this was 
Chum that built it for his kids. His kid was Canaan. Canaan was Hebron was in Canaan. Eretz Canaan, as we know, that was Eretz Israel. And Mitzrayim, that was another one of his sons. But Mitzrayim was the older one. And therefore, does it make sense that a person is going to build a house for his younger son before his older son? That doesn't make sense. As we, as we know, how do we know Mitzrayim is older? The Pasuk says, Meaning the Pasuk continues and says, The Canaan was the youngest. And Mitzrayim was older than Canaan. So how can you tell me Hebron that was in Eretz Canaan was built seven years before Tzayan in Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim was the older one. If anything, it should be built first. Says The Pasuk is coming to teach us that not that it was built before, but rather it was it was greater, it was more fruitful, and it, 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 the, the land was better, and it was more Meshubachas, it was more, it was greater land, more beautiful, and more ripe, seven times more than Sayan in Mitzrayim. And we know, and by the way, you should know, you want to know, by the way, how great Hebron is compared to everything else? You should know, Hebron itself, there's no more rocky place in Eretz Yisrael than Hebron. All the land over there is filled with rocks. And because of that, the Gemara tells us the Kivri Bashikhvi. That's why they bury people there, because it's not really great land for for growing things. It's not great land for working the land over there. And that's why they bury people over there. And there's no greater land, there's no more fruitful and more ripe land, good land to work than Mitzrayim itself. Shinamar Zapasak says, Kigana Shem Karatz Mitzrayim. It's literally like Ganadin Mitzrayim. And Sion is the Spitz of Mitzrayim. Sion is the best place and the most fertile place of Mitzrayim. The Khsev Zapasak says, the important people were in science, so the Chayr was the best place. And still, Chevron. That's Malitrashim. It's very rocky. And it's the most rocky place in Eretz Yisrael. Still, Hebron, Mevune Echad Misheva Betzayin. It's seven times greater than Sayan, which is the greatest place literally in Chutzar. It's the greatest in Mitzrayim. It's the greatest in Chutzar. Sayan is the greatest in Mitzrayim. And Hebron, that's very rocky, the most rocky place in Eretz Yisrael, is still seven times greater than that. The Gemara just asked, Hebron, Trashim Havi? Is that true that Hebron is all rocky? The Pasuk says, and he said he was going to go to Hebron. Avsham said he's going to go to Hebron. The Amar Rev Avio, the Itema Rabbar Bar Hanon, that Shahalachlavi Kvasim Hebron, that he went to buy animals. He went to buy Kvasim from Hebron because that's the best place. But anyway, we have a Braisa, Elimi Moev Kvasim Hebron, that the best Elim, best Ayalim are from Moev, and the best Kvasim are from Hebron. So he went there to get the best Kvasim. So if the best cattle grows over there, Mashma, they need good grazing land. So it's also good land. So why would it be very rocky if that's where they grow the best cattle? Says the Gemara. No, from what you just said, we could prove exactly the opposite. That I did the klisha ara of Doraya. That since the land is not so gishmak for growing things, and since it's not fertile compared to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, so it's not touched and it's not bothered, and therefore between the rocks or wherever you do have of the raya, asavim, and, and different weeds that are good for animals to eat, they do grow there, and therefore vishamin kinyana, all the cattle over there gets fattened, kinyana, vishamin means they get fattened, kinyana, the kinyanam of a person that's cattle, they all get fattened from that untouched and unfiltered asavim that's great for animals, so that's why, all the, that's why they raise the best animals over there, because no one touches it, because if you want to grow things, you should go somewhere else in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, from that gufa, you could see that it makes sense. It was a rocky place, but Mikalmakim, Hebron itself, which was the most rocky place and not good for growing things, was seven times better than Sayan Mitzrayim, the spitz of Mitzrayim and the spitz of the whole Chutzlaretz.